Hi, and welcome back to the Buddhist Trader Podcast. I'm your host, Njabudan Zabani. This podcast is aimed at helping new and experienced traders navigate the markets and learn from other traders. Um, this is episode number 41. I'm chatting with a good friend, Simon Brown, and we're looking at um, the first quarter and looking at some monthly charts and uh, what's, what's to expect over the next uh, three quarters of 2021. Uh, good morning, man. How are you doing? Good luck. Good in yourself, man. Always good. Ah, very good. Uh, very good. Um, so I wanted to, to before we, we get into some charts, um, to get through, to uh, if you can talk us through the psychology of trends uh, in both bull and bear markets, what drives um, um, the trends in, in those markets? So, the, I mean, the bear market one is probably easier, right? Because it's, it's in, in a sense, it's panic and it's quite quick. It, it you know, it, it, it markets, they say, what it takes goes up in the stairs and then out the window on the way down. Um, and, and, and the thing with the, with, the, with the bear market, and it's the point I always make to folks, is that you know, a market crash actually typically happens from an oversold position. What you need to see in a, in a bear market ultimately is capitulation. Because initially it starts selling and a lot of the shorter term and, and what you would call the, the sort of the weak hands, the people who are nervous and the like, they're selling, but a lot of other folks are like, no, no, this is just a, a pullback. It's just a 10% pullback or a 15% pullback. And they are the buyers and they sort of keeping it to a degree. And then at some point, those folks who had been buyers, they start to capitulate and they start to, to start that sell as well. And, and then quite frankly, you've, you've got no one left in, in, in a sense. And I mean, if we, if we go to, to March of last year, which was weird because it happened so incredibly quickly. Um, but if you look at uh, 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 February, uh, there was selling in February and then the market was down uh, about 10% or so, um, a little over 10 from the highs. But there wasn't, you know, that was like stage one. We weren't sure. There were still people who were buying, et cetera. And then March came. And, and, and you know, eventually about that second or so week of March, you can just see the capitulation coming in. The folks who had been buyers then turned into sellers. Um, and then finally, at some point, you do sort of the, the, the bottom is in. Now, you know, if we go back to the, the 2008 crisis, and I have a look at that. That ran over one, two, three, four, five, six. That was sort of seven, eight months from highs to lows. Uh, March was two. Last year, it was February and March. But it's the the the, the late fear that that really then capitulates it. Um, and interestingly, and we've talked about it, one of the reverse patterns is you see that kangaroo tail. Eventually, you see a massive kangaroo tail, and that just tells you right the 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 fear is starting to balance out to a degree. On, on the upside, you've got a, a similar type of scenario because in the, in the in the bear market, initially people don't believe it. In, in the bull market, again, people just don't believe it. And it's one of the hardest parts of of of, of riding the, the upward market. We were talking Capitec beforehand. Um, you know, 10 years ago, in fact, no, it's now almost 15 years ago, Capitec was a 20 rand stock. Um, and it's now a... 1400 rand stock and people just can't believe and, and there's always going to be the doubters the naysayers the people saying it's it's too expensive it, it's got to collapse i'm shorting it so you've always got a bias to the upside but you don't sort of get that that sort of collapse to the upside the inverse of the collapse where it suddenly just absolutely runs and it, it does from time to time you know if we look at the capitec late 2014, early 2015, uh, you know, more than doubled in a, in, in a year. 
even that is 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 you know, slower than on the downside because there's always going to be those doubters, those folks who are taking profit, and of course they're 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 sellers to take their profit, um, and then folks who just won't buy. So your your trends up are often slower, and hence that you know bulls take the stairs, uh, bears take the window. They slower, but they also very often feel they feel less believable. They feel sort of you know, they're almost a scary place to be, um, and they they will in many cases go far more than you ever expected. You know, if you'd bought Capitec back in the crisis and paid 20 rand a share in, in 2009, um, and you had said to folks, yeah, yeah, this thing will get to 1,500 in the next, you know, decade and a half, people would have thought you were absolutely crazy. They would have just assumed you were bonkers. And in fact, it got there within, within uh, you know, 11 years or so. Uh, in fact, less than 11 years. Um, and and it, it's that riding the trend on the upside because on the downside there's always a flaw right if nothing else there's zero you know, the stock goes to zero african bank it can't go lower on the upside there's no there's no ceiling there's no this is too expensive um so the 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 the, the trick the trick is as a trend follower is to is to find a mechanism that keeps you in that 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 trend for as long as possible and that's hard i mean even moving averages will kick you out from time to time uh your your oscillators will absolutely get you out because they'll get chronically oversold either on rsis or sorry overbought rsis macd's whatever the case is um and so it's 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 the hard part is is literally is just staying in for that entire trend because of course trend trading is a lot of small trades that lose you money mm -hmm. um and then the occasional big trade that you know makes back all your losses plus more yeah yeah and uh, um in in the in the in the transition between uh, um you know accumulation and distribution and then ultimately um the collapse with with uh, uh, in your at least in your experience, um, uh, both when you were still a novice and 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 when you handled much much better, particularly in in, in the 08 market, um, when 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 the because when when uh, uh, you know bubbles or, or or when when bull markets end, they don't end very very nicely and don't, they don't warn anyone. Um, uh, you know, a 10% pullback becomes a 20%, becomes a 30%. Mm -hmm. and, you know, people keep buy, uh, buying the dibs, as it were. How much of, of elation or, or euphoria drives that bull market? And how much pain, uh, is, is the pain the same as the euphoria or is it a little <laughs> bit different? <laughs> Uh, so the pain is always more. I mean, there's been a lot of research that says that that you know if if you've got ten units of pain versus ten units of 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 of, of pleasure, the the ten units of pain feels a lot worse than the ten of of, of pleasure. But it, it's partly it is that euphoria, but it's also there's always just that fear. And and to your point, it is the, the hard part. You know, I say with the trend trader, if you're on a trend and you you, you know one of the easiest is just buy all-time highs. Every time a stock makes an all-time high or an index, you buy it. Um, and, and, you know, you'll be wrong a few times, but most times, it, you know, an all-time high leads to another. Um, in an ideal world, what we would like to see, but it doesn't happen, is, you know, let's take Tesla, for example. Great company, great stock, great everything, chronically overpriced. There's two ways that price can unwind, and the one is that the, that the share price goes sideways, 
and the earnings catch up. The other is that the share price comes down and sort of meets the earnings halfway down the road. Um, but it is, it is uh, 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 you know, that the, the loss is always way more painful than the gain. And, and to your point, how do we know when this is a 10 or 20% pullback versus this is actually just a trend change? And the short answer is we don't. In hindsight, we do. But at the time, we don't, which is why we just put stop loss in place. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and as soon as, um, so you put your stop loss and you say, this is how much pain I'm prepared to take. And when it triggers, you, you jump and you get the heck out of dodge. Uh, and and yeah, it, it, sometimes you're going to get stopped. Uh, I remember, what was it, transaction capital? It stopped me. And then the trend carried on you know, perfectly. And, and, and that is, that's nasty because you don't always get the buy signal again. But the way to protect yourself is to say there's a certain amount of pain I'll take on the downside. You typically quantify that as a RAND value. Make sure you're comfortable with it because if you're not, uh, when it triggers, you're not going to action it. And this might be the time when it is going to fall. You know, Capitech lost, what, 50% top to bottom uh, back last year. Um, and and you know, many other stocks did the same. Uh, property stocks did a whole lot more. If we look at the resis, the resource stocks from their peak in the sort of top of the 07, 08 uh, in the resources bull market. I mean, the downside, which played out over about eight years, and that was in some cases 80 or 90%. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of downside. <laughs> um, 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 you, you mentioned the uh, uh, transaction capital and I was chatting with a friend of mine um, that my, my philosophy is that, um, you know, I always give a, a trending market a room to say, Beyond this point, I'm no longer willing to, to lose any more money to find out if this trend is still going. However, as I'm exiting, I'm also uh, putting almost like an entry level to say if it com comes back to this level, that means we're still going and then I'll simply just jump back in. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. um, how much is that approach susceptible to whipsaw? Look, I mean, short answer it is. I mean, as a as a as a trend trader, whipsaw is is you know you, you can have 10, 15 losing trades in a row. Um, what I try and do with a with a stop loss placement is yeah, I I, I like the ATR, so I'll use say a, a two, two two times ATR, maybe even a weekly if I really want to give it wiggle room. But then I, I in essence, what a stop loss is is when you're placing it on the chart is you're saying to yourself, you're saying to your trading system, you're saying, this is where the price won't go. You know, you, you, you're, you're buying something, you're going long, and you're saying, it's just not going to go to this point on the downside. And if it does, well, then simply you were wrong. And now it's time to, you know, to take, you know, take, 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 take the pain and get out of the trade. But it, it's, you're saying it's going higher, and that's cool. So you've got a sense of what an upside target is. Although I like the way that that you trade it, whereas you know you, you've got targets, but but they're flexible in that you're prepared to push them higher, um, and they're flexible in terms of if things start to get weak, well then you've got that stop loss below you. But if you say something's moving higher, what's that price that's not going to? What's that position? You know, is it uh, a twelve month low? Maybe it's a it's a decade low, or, or, or whatever it might be. Where is it simply not going to be going? Because that's nice and binary. If it does, you were just fundamentally wrong. But you're going to get that, that whipsaw. I mean, if you look at, at the J200, the top 40, I mean, we had, you know, years and years of, of, of sideways. Uh, what was it? I mean, initially from about mid-2014 through to around uh, mid-2017, pretty much sideways. I mean, the range was... 10, 12, 14%, it was tradable, but it was hard. Um, and then it kind of broke into a, into a higher range thereafter. And again, 
a wider range, but kind of went sideways again. The exception being the sell-off in, in 18 and then, of course, the collapse last year. Um, but in those sort of ranges, it, it's really, really hard. And then, you know, in an ideal world, you want to be able to say, okay, so when is the stock going sideways versus trending up or down? Um, and, you know, I've, I've tried... I've tried all different methodologies. I've tried ADX. I've tried all sorts of things to try and get a sense of, of you know, getting a, 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 is this thing just meandering nowhere, in which case stay away, or is there actually an underlying trend that we can trade it? Movie averages help. Um, you know, on my lazy, I used the 30 and 60. That certainly helps in it. But you are, as a, as a trend-based trader, uh, going to struggle. And, and the flippers, if you're a, a scalper and you trade in that range, you have a great time when it's range bound, but as soon as it starts to trend again, then, then you get taken to the keys. And the key point with markets is they trend up more than they trend down and they trend up or down more than they go sideways. So in short, you want to be a trend-based trader. There is going to be more opportunity for you, but there are going to be periods and they can be, and they can be long periods in cases, yeah, they can be years where it just goes sideways. Yeah, yeah, and I, supp I suppose the key to winning as a trend follower is just the playing those odds to the hilt. In other words, um, play those false breakouts until you have a positive actual breakout. Yeah, absolutely. And then also, is play different is play different uh, assets that you trade or different markets. Um, you know, so so when when things collapsed last year in March, everything went down: equities, commodities, gold, Bitcoin. Everything went down. Um, so you know, there was nowhere to hide. But if you, I mean, I remember this from the early 2000s, the Australian market, the ASX 200, went sideways for about three or four years. Um, and I, know, I knew some folks who were in Sydney who started to trade our market. Um, simply, so they traded both because ours was trending and ours was doing stuff. So they, you know, they were able to get sort of, you know, two places. One, they weren't making money, but one, they were. So to trade, you know, we can do, as, as I was doing with the lazy, the sub-indices. So, you know, Resi Indy Finney. Um, you could trade across markets, the trade the, the Nikkei, the, the Zar 40 and, and the S&P 500. Um, you could you know, trade uh, commodities, uh, oil and gold, uh, and then a Zar 40 and uh, uh, S&P 500. Trade different because they would be in different parts of the process at different times so that you're not bleeding from every uh, 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 trade. You, you're bleeding from some others you're not and then there will be times when you know there'll be a, a month or a period six months where everything goes wrong but there'll be periods when everything goes right as well yeah yeah and for as long as you can survive the the months that do go wrong um you'll be better prepared for or better yeah. uh, capitalized for the months that do work, go work, go well yeah and that's just risk management you know that's your, your two percent rule etc so that your your losses are, are so that you can take a, a really significant drawdown of losing trades and still come out the other side. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know uh, that, that that was uh, risk management was was thoroughly uh, deeply engraved in me um, during the latter uh, latter stages of the the bear market we experienced last year because you know we started trading equities you know at, to, towards the end of the bear market and that that that, mm -hmm. that is always painful. But surviving that period makes you a little bit uh, um, a punch drunk that, you know, it's easier for you to take losses. But um, yeah. if you can survive that period, um, uh, you know, 
if you have at least if you have the capital to 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 take advantage of the period that we are in right now and you can only take that advantage if you did survive um uh, and i think it was larry heights on 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 market visits when he said uh if you lose all your chips you can bet and you can't win if you don't bet yeah and that that's my favorite you know when the money's gone the game's over now i know you can reload the money etc etc but i i always take the view that that you know to me it's when the money's over the the money's gone the game's over so 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 don't let that happen yeah 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 and um lastly before we get into to some monthly shots so typically um uh, even in a trending market, historical price points will tend to, uh, um, uh, you know, halt the market uh, from time to time. You know, historical support and resistance, or what was uh, um, mm-hmm. now, will become resistance as we approach that level. When we go into autumn high territory, where there's basically just clear land for for price to move, what brings in that? Uh, um, that pause or that pullback or, um, you know, ultimately that turn in the market? I mean, so, so firstly, I love an all-time high because an all-time high is somebody, and truthfully, many somebodies, going out there and paying a price that's never been paid before. No one goes into a car dealership and says, I want to buy a car, but I want to buy it expensive. No one goes to pick and pay and says, your baked beans, no, no, I want to pay more for those baked beans. Charge me a crazy price. Um, and in fact, you know, when the price of baked beans goes up, we all complain and we moan about inflation. So the, the, the psychology of someone stepping out there and saying, you know what, I will pay more for this share than anyone has ever paid. The, the bullishness around it, the insane bullishness around it. Um, but at, at some point, it starts to get, you know, you run out of people who have that level of, of, of confidence. Um, and, and often what you'll see is it'll start gradual and then it'll get more accelerated and then it'll go gradual again. And oftentimes, you don't necessarily get a collapse, but you get a slowing down in the trend where it actually starts to go sideways and then perhaps starts to pull, pull down to, to, to a degree. Um, and that's just a case of, of, of a general, you know, the, the, the folks who were happy to buy at prices which had never been paid before have, have quite simply, we've run out of them. There just aren't enough left. You know, they, they've all purchased. <laughs> they, they've got no money left. Literally, they've got no money left. Um, and you start running out of those folks. You're going to come and say, you know, cool. Let me let me help. Let me you know, get into the into, into the process. So you you just start running out, and and, and you know you, you start to see it uh, by that that sort of slowing of the trend, and, and then slowly it will start to turn. But oftentimes, you know, and if you go look at at, at Apple's a good example in many cases, it'll it'll actually rather go into a consolidation, which can last you know for for, for a for, for, for a period of time where there's sort of no winners between the buyers and sellers. And then off it goes again, back to new highs, back to, 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 to making crazy money uh, and, and back to that, that massive confidence um, of, of folks who, who are quite simply just you know, prepared to pay you know, a price which no one has ever paid before. Yeah. Is that counterintuitiveness on, of the markets uh, perhaps a source of of uh, um, the high failure rates in the market because you know to your point naturally you don't want to pay expensive yeah. you know, but when the market paying expensive is actually more more often than not a more profitable uh, strategy. I think it is. I, I you know because as I said, no one walks into pick and pay and wants to overpay for their baked beans. So so we struggle with it. Um, folks often you know they, they a lot of newbies into the market go and pick those high flying stocks 
And instead of jumping on the bandwagon, they start shorting. They say, oh, it's, it's crazy. It, it, this is silly. It can't go higher. And the point is, I mean, it absolutely can. Um, but they, they, they simply, they're, they're, they're taking the view that this is ridiculous. It has to come back. It's gone too far. You know, what's the market doing here? This doesn't make sense. Um, and, and truthfully, I mean, the market is, is, is not a, a rational being. It's not a, you know, a, a perfectly you know, idea of, of, of you know, if everything is, 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 is perfect and the like. And it does do crazy stuff and, and, and go to what are, are fundamentally crazy, crazy places. Um, and, and that's one of the things we have to learn to live with, that stuff is just going to get crazy expensive and crazy cheap. And the best thing that we can do as a trader is just, you know, stop questioning it. Stop worrying about is the stock expensive. That that's for the fundamentalists and the the collective investment managers and the like. And you know, our job is quite simply to say, you know, what what what's happening here? Are there more buyers than sellers? Then we want to be on the buy side. Are there more sellers than buyers? We want to be on the sell side. And if we can't work it out, that's fine. Then just you know, back off and wait until it it is becomes obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was uh, uh, before before we 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 got into call. I was looking at um, a monthly charts. In fact, I started looking at them yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. There's about thirty thirty three odd stocks that are either have already broken into into new all time highs or into into uh, new highs that would never been traded before for a very very long time. Or very very like maybe less than ten percent away from breaking into mm-hmm. uh, into 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 those highs, and particularly the top forty itself has been, especially in the month, um, which is ironic that we had a collapse in March, and in March <laughs> it was the month where we uh, kept on making all time highs, and I think uh, the current uh, is around that sixty four thousand level. Where, where, you know, you, we, we chatted earlier, we have, we had a sneaky target uh, on the top 40, around 75,000. Um, and and in the, that March uh, closing candle was a nice doji, typically a reversal candle, but uh, it doesn't, doesn't uh, feel very bearish. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's, there's, you can make a very compelling argument, particularly in global markets, for for why markets are expensive and why this is not going to be a, a great year for equity markets. Um, and I think, you know, if we step back and 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 sort of look at the US, the S and P, the Nasdaq, the returns that they've given over the last decade, that market has to slow down. There has to be a return to the to the mean. You know, if if the S and P is typically doing you about an eight or ten percent return. And in the last decade, it's given you 15 or 20. It needs to now do sort of 2 or 3% for the next decade to get back to that, that, that long-term average. Again, it doesn't need to necessarily collapse. It can go sideways. It can go slowly. Um, but I, I'm not seeing the, 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 the collapse story out there. And, and, and the reason is quite simple, is that you know, people will tell you the markets are expensive, and they absolutely are. But earnings are going to come back. You know, the UK is opening up. Uh, the US is opening up. Um, by the end of the year, Europe will be mostly reopened. South Africa, touch wood, will be mostly reopened by the end of the year. And as that reopen is happening, we're going to start seeing some employment picking up. We're going to see consumer confidence, which is hugely important as that picks up. Uh, We're going to see people who've been hoarding money, uh, saving rates the world over have spiked. We're going to see that starting to come into the markets. We're going to see people coming uh, with with, um, uh, new debt. The banks are going to start lending again. So I really think that that 2021 is going to be a fairly massive year in terms of reopening. 
less so sort of stateside. And, and, you know, I was looking at the returns. Top 40 is up 12% year to date. And this was uh, to close on Wednesday, uh, which was the quarter end. Um, NASDAQ was up 1.6, S&P 5.5. I think that level of outperformance will continue probably through through much of, the, of, of this year um, and perhaps even in, into next. And, you know, we had that tongue-in-cheek 75,000 target on the top 40. I still think it's achievable. I think it's a 2022 target. It's going to be bumpy. There's going to be some sell-offs, et cetera. Um, but imagine for a moment the day that it gets announced that, that, that you know, the phase two of the vaccine is rolling out in South Africa and you start seeing uh, pictures of people on, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram getting their jabs. Um, and, and, you know, we, 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 I mean, our level one is, is not very restrictive in terms of, of lockdown, but just that, 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 that positivity, that enthusiasm, that, that belief that starts to come into the markets. And I think, you know, that, that's going to be, that, that's going to be sort of a, another fairly significant kicker. And, and the 65, 75,000 target, it's only about 20% away. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not that insane <laughs> target necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, when you were talking about earnings there, um, some of some of our stocks, uh, uh, you know, Distel springs to mind, Sibanye uh, um, and, and Impala springs to mind as well. In terms of earnings, they've done r- quite well during the the um, um, the March sell-off, and this is with some restrictions of of their operations. Mm. Um. Has, has the market already priced in that comeback or there's still a lot of unpriced uh, um, a return to, you know, normal, as it were? So I would say, so in, in, I think in your classic leisures, your, your city lodges, your Sun Internationals, no. But I think in your, you know, like Distoa as an example, I think the market, because those were stellar results, I think the market has priced in a lot of that good news already. Um, but two things. I mean, one is, is that, you know, that, that pricing in the good news is, is in essence a return to, to normalcy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, Distel still lost 41 days uh, of, of trade time in, in the second half last year. That, that's a huge amount. So it, it's a back to normality. Now, two things. You know, Distel can, can, from an operational perspective, increase efficiencies and the evidence is that they have been. And mm-hmm. secondly, you know, let's not take the view that that stocks sort of stop going higher when they get to fair value. They typically will go from you know undervalued to overvalued, from cheap to expensive. Um, so you know, I, I think you know very much more upside coming. I mean, Sabanya has been been benefiting from the 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 huge run in in the commodity prices, uh, gold to a degree, uh, platinum coming to the party, palladium and rhodium going absolutely crazy. Um, and you know, again, I still think. You know, I think that Sabanya can be 150 rand share. Um, it's currently some 65, it's at 76. Uh, but you know, a lot of the, the earnings that we saw for 2020 were, to your point, there were disruptions um, in terms of their ability to, to do their mining, particularly in the second quarter of last year during hard lockdown. But if we then take it that step further as well, is if you go and look at the, the, the prices of the commodities is they, they started the year low and trended up over the course of the year. In other words, their average price was, let's say, the June price. It wasn't, but let's just you know, stab in the dock. The average price was the June price. Um, whereas for 2021, that June price for 2021 will be, I think, somewhat you know, by magnitudes of perhaps 30, 40, 50% higher of the June 2020 price. In other words, 
the underlying commodity price is going to be significantly higher. And that just goes straight down to the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm looking at um, uh, that monthly Sibanya chart. You know, there's a, there's a nice cup and handle yeah, yeah. Um, dating yeah. back in uh, the whole of 2019. And the target mm-hmm. for that was 65,000. And we're already uh, above, I mean, 65 rand. And we're already yeah. above that. We came back to test it, but we did trade significantly higher than, than that target. Yeah, no, and yeah, and as I said, I mean, I, I, I think particularly, I mean, the resource stocks, I'm still quite very bullish on. If you look at some of them, Implats is still not above the 08 levels. Um, Anglo Platinum is, which is weird because Anglo Platinum's had bigger issues. Uh, Anglo has only just Anglo American got above those levels. Uh, Kumba is, is sort of trading at those 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 highs. Uh, BHP has has nicely moved on. Um, and, and made new highs and BHP is a, a, a weird beast. But I still think that there is that there is space for 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 commodity prices to hold for, for firm versus edge higher. Mm-hmm. Gold the exception. I, I expect more weakness in gold. Um, but and and that then flows into into the underlying. I mean, you know, President Biden announced a two trillion dollar infrastructure spend this week. Um, South Africa spending. PPC came out and said that they're seeing double-digit uh, sales growth um, on the July to February period compared to the previous year. Now, I understand that that July to February, I mean, you know, we were in a pandemic. We had levels of, of lockdown, et cetera, et cetera, an economy in, 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 in crisis. Um, and I spoke to the CEO of PPC and said to him, how much was this less dumping versus increased demand? And he's like, nope, the cement dumping has still happened. This is just demand coming through. So you know, we've got the, the commodity space. We've also got the, the, constru- the construction space, the, the, the supplies into it, the PPCs, the Sapakus, uh, the Afrimats and the like, mm-hmm. um, who, who I think you know, they're going to have a, a, a couple of knockout years. And then, of course, your, your, your copper, not so much your precious metals. That's not a construction issue, but copper, zinc. Uh, uh, you know, the iron ore, which goes into steel, all of those commodities. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm um, looking at the, the this combo charts. It broke, and now it's staying above that uh, 612, uh, yeah. 600 level. Then that that's a massive um, resistance level. And the last time it closed, um, other than you know, in this recent time, the last time it closed above this level was back in January 2013. Yeah. Yeah, and Kumbo was weird because it peaked so much very later. Whereas, if you look at at, at Anglo, for example, that peaked in two thousand and eight. It rallied into two thousand and 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 sort of eleven and twelve. Uh, BHP it's got a new high now, but I mean, it was also you know, it, it 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 peaked oh eight and then it peaked again in fifteen a new high and then it, another new high now. Um, so you know, some of these are are. Are not necessarily even at their highs, or they're only just at you know an exception. I mean, as I said, Anglo Platinum was around what fourteen hundred back in 08 and is now twenty one hundred. Um, but I mean, these commodity miners are so much more efficient. They don't have any big projects, green or brownfield projects, sucking cash. Uh, we're starting to see uh, certainly supply sort of not come in, but come in fairly small. You know, Implats is going to up supply. But 5%, I mean, that's not a massive number. We're not seeing giant M&A where people are overpricing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And their balance sheets are, and I've had this conversation with Wayne McCurry, 
our miners actually take that globally. The balance sheets of the miners globally are probably stronger than they've ever been in the history of mining. Yeah, which is weird uh, considering pandemic. Um, and, and when looking at this this Kumba uh, this Kumba chart, if we take that uh, one thirty one and six hundred uh, as a range, and we project it mm-hmm. higher, you know, because that's what mm-hmm. we always do then when trading ranges, it takes us to a thousand and eighty three. Yeah, and understand Kumba is profitable with iron ore in the thirty dollars a ton. It's currently $160 a ton. Um, you know, I remember in the previous run in 2008, their operating profit was around 70%. They're going to, in this year, they're going to do an operating profit in north of 100, uh, sorry, north of 90%. Um, you know, when they sell a ton of, of iron ore at $160, they make $150 profit. When they sell it at $40, they make $5 or $10 profit. I mean, their, 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 their profit is, 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 you know, 10x, 15x what it was back in 2016 when it was collapsing down to 25 rand a share. Yeah, yeah. And what's happening with the, um, uh, uh, the fund managers? Because they're all looking good, coronation looking nice, transaction looking very, very nice. Um, fund managers are looking very good in the market. Or is, is yeah, it just and I, uh, financial services or um, specific to... No, to you, know, you know what I think it is? I think there's two things. So so what weirdly happened last year is instead of... I mean, there was panic, but a lot of people actually were putting money into the market, which, which truthfully is the right response. So that obviously goes into these fund managers. But whilst when we've got stocks doing great and we've got giant movers and the like, their opportunity for outperformance becomes so much bigger. Um, you know, so if Coronation's got half a trillion rand and they charge let's say on average 50 points, you know, that's just money in the bag every year, as long as they can keep their assets under management more or less stable. If they get an extra 100 billion flow in, that just is bottom line profit for them. It just goes, you know, their costs don't increase one cent, but they've suddenly got all this extra cash that that falls to the, to the profit line. Um, and then second to that is if they can then just get that outperformance. If they can do a bit of outperformance, charge some performance fees, Again, that then you know gives it another leg up. So they've got sort of two or three drivers that are are absolutely pushing at their at their profitability um, and 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 egging them higher. And I think we're going to see you know and, and as long as this trend continues, as long as people are coming into the market, I think we can see some fairly more upside from it. Signia or another, uh, as you say, Coronation uh, Anchor, but of course they've delisted, so that's now moot in that sense. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at the um, this coronation chart. It broke uh, a significant uh, monthly level around 51 rand. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Holding, holding. It, what looks like a double top, but if it's invalidated and it, it closes above, at least on the daily chart, above that 60, 56 rand or some change, um, mm-hmm. that 80 rand level looks very, very attractive. Yeah, and you know, as I say, it's also just if if markets rise 20 percent. Uh, Coronation's 500 billion becomes 600 billion. They've got an extra 100 billion. So that's not even the inflow. So they got inflows, they got rising markets, they got outperformance. That extra 100 billion, you know, for them is, I'm trying to run the math in my head. It's about 50 million earnings. And that earnings goes straight, you know, it just, it goes to shareholders in the case of Coronation, because they pay out pretty much 100% of HEPs. That money just goes straight as dividend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it looks even better above 80. 
Yeah. yeah. If it gets through 80, then, I mean, your next target's sort of around the 110, 115 level. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, above that, I, I don't know where we're going. <laughs> well, then we're into blue skies. Then we're into that beautiful place where people are buying at prices we have never had to buy before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, also PGMs, Northern looking very, very nice. Um, Royal Bafuking is just flexing. And and more importantly, especially with PGMs, is that the, the breaks into to, to autumn highs is at the back of high volumes as well. Yeah, volumes are coming through. The, the demand, I mean, oddly enough, what we didn't see last year, vehicle sales got killed, but there wasn't the level of drop-off in PGM prices that I thought there would be. Um, and, and again, pent-up demand, vehicle sales coming through. If we're going to see you know, vast vehicle sales and, and vehicle demand, etc., cetera, uh, the PGM market is still imbalanced where, where there is a, a, a supply, a, a, you know, just not enough supply. There is one caveat to PGMs, um, and it's less about you know, changing, retooling their factories from, say, rhodium to palladium or palladium to platinum, because the cost of, of the PGM and a catalytic converter is $50. If the price goes up, maybe it's $100. But you're selling that car for, for $10,000, $30,000. It's not significant. And retooling the factory is a huge expense and downtime. Um, so new factories are being built where they can switch between the PGMs, but existing factories are, are you know, sitting where they are. There is a however one issue. Um, when, when iron ore prices uh, go high, suddenly steel prices go up and suddenly it is viable to, to recycle motor vehicles. And if you recycle motor vehicles, then you get the catalytic converter. So oddly enough, a higher iron ore price actually increases recycling of PGMs. But again, we have seen you know, record and, and record by a long way uh, iron ore, and 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 the, we haven't seen that follow through yet. And of course, the Sabanya Stillwater, their Stillwater plant in Canada, does recycling of palladium, so they will benefit in that space. No, oh, okay, yeah. So P, uh, PGMs are looking good, and uh, I suppose that will be evident in uh, dividend income as well. Yeah, I mean th that's what they're going to do. I mean, this is just you know because they're not doing green and brown fields because they're not doing M&As and they might still, I mean, you know, never say never. I know Neil Frontman is, is, is talking already. He's got itchy fingers to do another deal. Um, but at the end of the day, it just drops straight to the bottom line and, and they pay it out as dividends because they've got nothing else to do with it. Yeah. 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 And now uh, let's move into, into some retailers and uh, first starting off with uh, the clothing, clothing retailers. And I think uh, Mr. Price and Fushini are the, the leaders of the pack. Yeah, I mean, and, and you mentioned Mr. Price and Fushini, and they are the two, the two top uh, uh, clothing retails in, 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 in our market. Um, we've got a bunch, but these two are absolutely the, the, the best of the breed. Um, you know, they're 100 miles away from, 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 from highs, but, uh, you know, they, they, they will get there. This is, again, very much going to be around consumer confidence more than anything. You know, the consumer is still worried about uh, more lockdowns, about potentially losing jobs, about income streams and et cetera, et cetera. Once that revenue starts to come, then we'll see really strong numbers coming through from them. I mean, they've done well. Mr. Price is what, almost about, pretty much doubled off the lows. Uh, the Fashini Group is now, of course, got Jet. Uh, same story, doubled off the lows. 
um, and you know, I, they, 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 they might slow a bit, but that momentum is behind them. And as that confidence starts to pick up, I think we can see them. You know, they could, frankly, they would double again from where they are right now. It yeah. might take a year to play out. It might take longer. But, you know, they've doubled once. I think they're going to double a second time. Yeah. And um, um, the, the, those acquisitions um, during the tough times, uh, you know, one, if, you, if, you, if you're acquiring other companies, it means you're doing better than the competition. And two, you are yeah. making money and you have the money to, 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 to buy the others. And once we return to uh, one that returns to, to normalcy and, you know, to, at the top of the show, you mentioned once we get to stage two of um, the vaccine distribution, mm-hmm. um, those earnings coming from the acquired stores will start to show up on the balance sheet as well. Yeah, and I mean, the jet deal was a, a steal of a deal. It was an absolutely brilliant price. It gives them an entirely new market to operate in a sort of lower income stock market. Uh, Mr. Price did a deal. So the yuppie chef is tiny and not of message, you know, it's a 500 million rand deal, not going to make, uh, backing it out, assuming a, a sale, a price of probably three or four times sales, it's probably only doing around 40 or 50 million profit a year. Um, but Mr. Price also did a, 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 a acquisition of a retailer, and I'm forgetting the name of it right now. But they've done some some well-positioned, careful acquisitions, and they didn't need to raise debt for it, which was hugely mm-hmm. important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, also, I think uh, the acquisition of powers approved uh, by the uh, regulator in the, in the past week. Yes. Yeah, that's, it. that's the name. I'd forgotten the name. And yeah, it was approved this last week, so that's now uh, going ahead. And we'll start coming out in, in, in results for the 2021 year. Yeah, and I suppose uh, more dividends will come in and, and big money will obviously pe- push up that support. Because I'm looking at the chart of Mr. Price at the moment. Um, in March, was the March is actually broken close above the 50-month exponential moving average. And that's a long-term. Mm-hmm. Uh, 50 <laughs> months is a long, yeah. long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And if you look at the Mr. Price chart, we we see a, a strong run in, in November and then still moving higher, but gently. And then another strong run in, in March. Sort of it runs and then it pauses and it runs and then it pauses. And that's that's typically what markets do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Aspen, I know they're not going to be making a, a ton of money from, from the bottling of the vaccines. But surely that's um, that's that's a good thing for them, and the the prices yeah. are moving quite uh, quite nicely. I mean, the Johnson and Johnson does two things for Aspen. It proves that they can. And now that, that that plant has been FDA approved for a number of years, um, maybe five or so. Um, so it it, it it it's a show of confidence. But more than that, it's utilization. You know, that plant's not running at hundred percent. If it was running at and I'm just picking a random number. Say it was running at 40%. Now it's running at 80%. That extra 40 might not be making profit, but it's utilization. So there is money in it. There will be some EBITDA profit coming down to the bottom line. Um, and again, if, if you look at that chart, a, a, a very, very bullish chart. You know, the the the, the break, and, and I mean, we've only had one day trading in April. Nice move in April. Um, I've seen a, a number of upgrades on, 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 on the share from the, the brokers uh, targeting sort of between 220 and about 250, 260. Um, and again, you, you know, remember stocks run further than, than, than just, you know, what their, their valuations are. But another company that, you know, back in 20 sort of uh, uh, 18, uh, when they, their balance sheet just got overly stretched, 
they had far too much debt. They've refocused. They've sold off uh, uh, you know, assets all over the world. Their balance sheet is now their debt to equity is well within debt covenants, well positioned, and kind of back to their core, which is broadly generic medicine uh, into the emerging markets. No. Sure. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I was muted. Um, so I was saying um, uh, that break that we had on in, in uh, you know, on Thursday, first day of, 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 of the training month, mm-hmm. um, was breaking a significant long-term resistance level. And um, once we close above that uh, 170 level, there's clear land to the, the next time we had any form of uh, um, um, support or resistance around that yeah, 250 and- level. And that break came on some some upgrades, and I can't remember who it was who upgraded them. But I think that upgrade was uh, Wednesday, um, and uh, hence the, the the break running through. So yeah, I, I mean, just it, you know, and we're seeing we're seeing a fair bit of 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 upgrades coming through mm-hmm. um, from 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 the brokers. Uh, I know my broker SPG has been putting out you know, a lot of upgrades. We're seeing it you know, uh, a week ago. Uh, was a JP Morgan, I think, who basically went out and said that their preferred, sorry, Goldman Sachs, uh, their preferred uh, 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 two positions was Long Russia and South Africa. Um, and Bank of, Bank of America Securities had a, they have an annual conference at Sun City. Um, and they had the biggest attendance ever from uh, 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 foreign uh, asset managers who were very interested in our retailers. And if memory serves, the two that they were most asking about was, I think, ShopRite and Clips. Yeah, yeah, and that ShopRite chart looks very, very nice. And, and you know, we, we didn't mention the food retailers and no stock, no food retailer comes as close to ShopRite. Uh, no, in fact, no one is coming close to ShopRite. Uh, yeah. Except maybe Woolies, but uh, no one coming close to ShopRite. Yeah, I mean, from a, from a business perspective, Woolies has some challenges. ShopRite is just the best food retailer on planet Earth. Um, you know, at 280, three years ago, it was crazy expensive. At current levels, it's probably, you know, you, you don't get ShopRite cheap. You don't buy that quality at cheap. Um, you know, around the 156 is where it closed on, on Thursday. Um, uh, the, 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 the stock is just, the results were excellent. Um, they're getting a bit of food inflation come through. That's nice for them because it gives them, you know, uh, uh, helps them with their margins. Um, and if it starts to get rampant, because then they've got to, you know, pull back on it in some spaces. But uh, that shop right chart as well, uh, that March candle is, 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 is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially above that 163, I'm liking it very, very much. And mm. also around... Yeah. In fact, it's funny you say at 200, it was crazy expensive, and I like it even better at 205. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the point is, you know, don't be, I mean, you know, ShopRite, I mean, back when it was hitting the, the, those 200s, the 280s actually, it earnings, its earnings were probably 20% lower, I mean, than they are today. Um, and, and when we get back there, uh, the earnings will probably be 40% higher. Uh, can ShopRite go to new highs in the next year or so? Absolutely. 300 bucks. I mean, I know it's a doubling and I know it sounds crazy, but that's what markets do. Yeah. Yeah. Stocks double all the time. And um, significant yeah. to note is that uh, that March huge candle uh, broke and closed above that 50 month exponential moving average. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and was what the highest close since uh, uh, July 19. Yeah. Yeah. And oof, that's, that's, uh, that's a while. 
And yeah. uh, that, that sell-off only just came back to test that 200-month exponential moving average. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then it, uh, unperturbed, it, it came back. I mean, I'm actually looking and going all the way back. I don't think ShopRite has ever traded uh, below 200, except for that, that, that short period, as you say, back in March. And, and basically, it was testing it rather than trading below it. Yeah, yeah, because it only uh, closed. It had a couple of closes below it, but yeah, only yeah, just. only only two. Yeah, and the it's it's mm. very very tight, very very tight, and mm-hmm. have to be a pixel mm-hmm. popper to 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 um, <laughs> to see that. Yeah, yeah, ShopRite ShopRite looking very 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 lacquer. Um, what's you mentioned that um, Woolies have some difficulties from the business side of view, uh, but the stock looks looking not too bad. Uh, what's what's the driver there? Yeah, I mean, so, so I mean, obviously, Australia is a challenge. Although they sold the Elizabeth Street store, which which uh, de de risks it from a South African perspective in terms of debt and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got to still get. I mean, David Jones remains a problem, um, and then clothing in South Africa remains a problem. Uh, but the new CEO comes from Levi Levi Strauss, so you know they they bought a clothing person as the woman running the the food section. You know, she does a brilliant job. Leave it to her knitting. You don't have to worry about her. Um, but the, the clothing has been a disaster. So uh, my sense is that the CEO is looking for an exit in Australia and fix up SA clothing. Um, and then then Willie's will be back to the races. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we, we had this nice uh, cup looking like pattern. Um, closing above the 200-month exponential moving average. Currently yeah. uh, flatting with the 50-month exponential moving average. And I think above that... Um, there's so much clear land to to around a hundred bucks, which isn't uh, yeah. more than a double. Yeah, no, which is entirely possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it also broke a a a a long term downtrend line as well, and looks to be staying above it. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From those 2015 levels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it looked like uh, it looked like it's still. Uh, and staying above it and um, that uh, you know my trend indicators the 30-week exponential moving average has recently crossed the 60-week exponential moving average which you know though that much wind at the back even with a uh, not so great business uh, w- even with business challenges that looks good for the stock surely yeah yeah and i think the market is pricing in you know aside from the fact that food does great markets pricing in the improved scenario in australia in terms of the debt but also pricing in the 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 the, the improved clothing down the line so there's risks there but if you can put it off then absolutely yeah yeah the the, the risk relative to 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 um to the reward is, is is absolutely insane i mean even if you can buy it um with a, a crazy uh, this long position um, if you can buy it now with a, a, an ins- even an insane uh, um, stop below those uh, March lows, you're looking at a, a two to one risk reward, uh, yeah. Yeah. which is insane because yeah. this is a monthly <laughs> chart. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it, obviously, if you can drop it uh, a little bit lower, you can even find even better places to to place a stop and. Uh, particularly around that uh, four-terrain level, a decent place, which just tends to do yeah. a, 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 a six-to-one risk-reward ratio play. 
And, and you make a great point there. If, if we're in a bull market, and I think we are, uh, sell-offs are actually buying opportunities. You know, don't don't think that the sell-off is the end of the of the market. No, it might be, but you don't know. So how do you respond to to any to any selling pressure? Well, I mean, quite simply, you you respond by by going out there and and, and using it as an opportunity to get in at better prices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, this this uh, this transition between the the bear market of last year and the bull market that we you know, just started, we we getting into, is how dangerous short shorting stocks it can be. Yes, uh, shorting is always. I mean, the, the trick with with you know, in a in a, in a bull market, uh, you go long, your downside is, is capped. Yes, it's capped at one hundred percent. You know, assuming ungeared, but it's capped. Uh, you're going short. You you're, you're uncapped. I mean, your 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 risk can be anything. And you know, if 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 last year didn't teach us anything, it, it taught us that we can have fifty percent sell-offs in a month and they recovered. But could you hold the margin for that period of time? And the answer is typically uh, afraid not. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, you know. Uh, looking at still looking at this Woolies chart, if you if you have your stop at zero. It's still a greater than one-to-one risk-reward ratio on the long side. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I know there's someone screaming into their into their podcatcher saying, you never put a stop at zero, agree. But it just shows you the, the potential upside there. Yeah, yeah, and, and your, your risk when, you, when you're short is greater than this uh, one-to-one plus dividends. So your risk is inf- not only is it infinite, but it's infinite plus dividends. Yeah. When I was working in Standard Bank, the folks who were getting taken to the cleaners were, were always folks who had uh, uh, short positions and then some big news came, like the takeover of Willie, uh, Edcon or something like that. That was always the, the, the risk and the pain point every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think that's, uh, that, that's the last of it. Um, now, now we can, uh, you know, before we hit record, we were looking at the uh, we're comparing the, the, the all the, the indices from November, and now the leggers mm-hmm. are catching up. Yeah, granted, so the leaders are, I mean, are not are not are not waiting for them, but at least they they are. <laughs> no, that's a good point. The, the leaders are not waiting, but those those laggers, banks, financials, property, etc., they are starting to come to the party. My sense is, I'm still preferring to 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 sort of trade, you know, to, to look in the space where we've got that momentum already. You know, if we if we look at the bank index, the J two what two one two, um, it, it's run quite nicely. That run was happening was it, I think it was November. Yep. November was a, a nice run after going sideways. I, my sense is, is that they're catching, but they they lack that momentum. As you said, the, the winners aren't, aren't resting on their laurels. So, you know, my thinking is let's stay where the winners are winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe catch the, the, the um, leaders of the laggers. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, if their leaders coming through and their strong action, then absolutely. Um, but, you know, we, we, we've got enough else out there. We don't need to go and sort of do a spray and, 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 and jump into everything. We can still say, wait for the quantifiables, wait for the signals, wait for them to be you know, fundamentally there and winning, and then we can jump. Yeah, and that, that's what I particularly like about um, that um, 30 week, 60 week exponential moving average, but it because it, it, it brings up the, it, it distinguishes it between the, lead, the, the, the leaders and the leggers. No, exactly, exactly, and tells you who's doing what, and therefore from that where you want to be or not be, as the case may be. Yeah, and because you know, looking at at my portfolio, I'm sitting at about uh, twenty one odd shares. I don't necessarily need to 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 take new shares, so I can afford to be even more picky 
uh, with with uh, um, the stocks, the mm-hmm. new stocks that I jump into because you know there's so many. You know, uh, we were chatting b- before we had record button that there was looking at about 31, 33 stocks that were either close to breaking all time highs or already broken all time highs or broken significant levels from you know the last time they closed they closed above these levels were two, three, four, yeah. even some eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, it goes back. It's a bull market out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a bull market, but be mindful of risk and uh, don't don't lose all the money you make in the bull market. I um, think we can park it here, Sai. Cool. Jibula, always a pleasure, my friend. Um, Simon, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Um, that's it for the show this week. Thank you for listening. Be sure not to miss another episode of the Village Trader Podcast by subscribing on your favorite podcatcher. We everywhere where good podcasts are aggregated. Um, do join us this evening as you're listening. Wednesday evening, Simon Brown and myself trading live um, CFD accounts, is trading indices, and I'm trading uh, um, South African equities. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, do follow us at Simon PB at Village Trader ZA on Twitter. And uh, do subscribe on the Village Trader mailing list for some email alerts on the lazy system and a bunch of other stuff. Anyway, um, that's it for the show. Thank you, Simon Brown, for your time. Thank you for listening. Check it next time on the Village Trader. Cheers.